Turn this up. Turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Faranbi, and welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. So today is a little bit different episode. Like a few weeks ago, I had a highlight from the resilience that I gave for the Summer Success Summit. Say that five times fast, but Summer Success Summit we did for my nonprofit, Nalastem. This time, I want to highlight a talk I did for Nesby, Nigeria. So Nesby is a National Society of Black Engineers. It's a global organization, but I know a lot, most of the members are here in the United States and they help with help black engineers specifically, but really all over STEM, but specifically black engineers, help them to succeed academically, excel professionally and positively impact the community. So I got to talk with the Nigeria chapter. So it was an international call. I know there is someone from the UK on, on all over African continent as well. So it was a really engaging conversation, talking specifically about leadership, leadership being influenced. So stuff I talk about here on the podcast all the time, but I wanted to share it with you all. So you get to kind of like get a sneak peek into like a virtual conversation with me. Let me know your th- your thoughts on this. I know I have some stuff coming up and I've done some other things that maybe you want to hear or see on the podcast. And if not, let me know that too. Maybe you prefer the interviews. But in 2024, just trying to mix it up a little bit, add different things, see what works, what doesn't work. That's how I grow. And excited that you have chosen to listen or watch this as well, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Thank you for your support. It means so much more than you'll ever realize because I just get a lot of joy from doing this, interacting with people, meeting people on the podcast, from the podcast. So without further ado, talking my talk with Nesby, Nigeria, talking about leadership. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. Let's get into it. This side of the divide. um, Yeah, so we've got Paul joining from the the U.S. who is going to be facilitating this. And over to you, Paul, to introduce yourself and let's give you a shot. Yes, thank you, Say. So uh, I'm excited to be here. So just quick story of how we even got connected. So we're both where we're all, I think everyone on here is part of National Society of Black Engineers. And so I got connected with Say at Nesby 49 um, earlier this year, back in March in Kansas City. And so we were, we were talking, saying all the wonderful things you are doing in Nesby, Nigeria, trying to get more involved as far as leadership and in the broader Nesby community. So he, re- so we got connected then, and with the hope that in the future we could do something, I could do something for your chapter. So that's how the story of how I got here. And so even so far, before I started recording, see that there's a lot of countries on the line. I know Martha, you said you're in the UK, and I say you're in Nigeria. I think you said Billy is currently in Ghana. So. Yep. With really people all over the world, uh, across time zones. So at least for me, I said good afternoon. It's around two o'clock, and I think it's just after eight for most of the people on the call. Yep. 
Awesome. Yeah. But we will go ahead and I won't delay anymore. We can get started. Let me share my screen. All right. All right. Like I mentioned, my name is Paul Farambi, um, aka Incredible Paul. So if you haven't noticed already, I love puns. So like my 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 brand, my company, Incredible, Incredible Paul, play on words for incredible. So I want to start with just giving some brief background on myself. And I want to keep this as laid back as possible. I know we have a, a smaller group. So if there's questions that come up along the way, definitely uh, either use a raise a hand feature or put it in, in the chat. Uh, say if you can help me with the, the chat if, if a question comes up uh, that I don't see. Because I know a lot of times when you're sharing the screen, it doesn't come up in the most, the easiest way. So keep me accountable for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. So quick background for me. I went to Iowa State University. So it's uh, one of the public universities in the United States and studied chemical engineering here. I'm currently in St. Louis, Missouri. So how both of those relate, if you haven't been in, in St. Louis or are familiar with Iowa, I mean, before I went to school there, I lived in the U.S. I didn't know where Iowa was really as far as related. So I'm about five hours from Chicago where I am in St. Louis and then I was about where I went to school in Iowa was about four hours just a little bit north of here so a little bit closer and then so you can see kind of my family there as far as my parents and three younger siblings so if you probably guessed from my last name Afarombi that I am Nigerian I was born in Lagos Nigeria uh, my father is from Ibadan he's Yoruba and my, I, my mother is Igbo so it's kind of like a house divided, but it's what is we have fun as well. So definitely uh, from my father's side, definitely identify as Yoruba. Cool. And just more background as far as some of the places I've worked, as far as some of these uh, larger multinational companies. So at Nestle USA, I interned with them making their sofas in Lean Cuisine. Full-time, I work for General Mills. I think General Mills is bigger in the U.S., but they do a lot of stuff with cereals, granola bars. I know they have pet food, but just a lot of the consumer packaged goods has been where I mainly worked. Worked for Cargill as well. That was um, a shorter stint, like eight months, kind of like an internship. I took a semester off working for them. I spent four years with Nestle Purina. So within Nestle is is massive. I was in specifically on the Purina side, which is on the, the pet care, pet food side of things. And so that the Nestle Purina is based out of St. Louis. Our corporate headquarters are here in St. Louis. So that's the reason why I'm in St. Louis. Um, so in that in that role, I had a variety of different roles. I moved around. I really traveled all over the country and the world. Traveled a couple times internationally uh, to our R&D facilities in France, as well as some of our other facilities in Italy and uh, some of the contractors we worked with in the Netherlands as well. Are you looking for a place to continue to grow and develop, especially in your leadership? How about connecting with others who feel the same way? Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, a.k.a. Incredible Paul, and I've got great news for you. The Incredible Paul community is for people who desire to become the most incredible versions of themselves. The community is for individuals who are goal-driven and action-oriented. This community is dedicated to leadership and personal growth, especially in going deeper in your career, starting a business, or developing a business. 
Join me in becoming the most incredible version of yourself. Go to incrediblepaul.org slash community to join the waitlist and sign up. I-N-C-R-E-D-I paul.org slash community. Join the waitlist. I can't wait to see you there. So that's a little bit about what I've done. And then currently what I'm doing with Hankel um, is as a continuous improvement manager, so really everything with efficiencies and data, really using the Lean and Six Sigma methodologies, all of that. As far as my interests and hobbies, so uh, baseball is definitely my favorite sport. I know it's definitely an American thing to say. Uh, also enjoy working out, all things sports. So I still uh, love to watch football or soccer, as we call it in the U.S., um, and then traveling. So I have some pictures there. And then the most important fact about me is that I got married uh, last year. So we married just over a year. So my beautiful wife, Jabria. Uh, so she's been supportive in all the stuff I have going on between you see the incredible Paul stuff. And then I'm working with Hanko and I also have a nonprofit as well. So I, I stay pretty busy, but yeah. Any, any questions about my background or anything so far? No, cause see why you're busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, can you speak Igbo language? <laughs> oh, so I Sorry, don't, it's <laughs> yeah, I don't speak any Igbo. So it's funny oh, okay. because by like I, between Igbo and Yoruba, my parents speak two different uh, Nigerian languages, and then they chose to teach me neither of them. So I mm. obviously I so I came to the U.S. when I was four. So I grew I spoke it growing up, but then they never spoke it to me, so I lost it. So. Oh, okay, because I know some Igbo, so wanted you know <laughs> talk a bit, but then won't yeah. use it. Then <laughs> yeah, I mean, you use, I, I probably I I understand some of it more than I can actually speak it. So oh, okay, for okay. sure, for sure. But yeah, any other questions? Not from my side. Okay, good. So just a little bit more about what I do especially the Incredible side. So I have a podcast as well. So that link goes to all the stuff that I do. If you want to stay connected, I do business and career coaching. Definitely focus more on career coaching and business coaching has been newer. It's more so for people who are early on trying to figure out if they want to start a business, what are the steps to take, kind of find their, their niche kind of thing. So I've helped people with that. Uh, but my bread and butter is what I really love to do is what I'm here for right now as far as leadership. And personal growth speak and personal growth speaking on those things. I don't know how many people on here are familiar with John C. Maxwell at all, but he's uh I think that one of the top, if not the top, leadership gurus in the world. So I'm certified through him as far as coaching and speaking. I also do a lot of stuff with career development as well. So some of the stuff I'm saying, if you've heard of John Maxwell, some of the stuff sounds similar. That's why. I've uh, read a, a lot of his books and extensive training from him, uh, not him directly, but uh, from his team. Um, and then as far as Hankel, I'll, I'll fly through this as far as continuous improvement, developing standards, work instructions, manufacturing data. So all this stuff that really keeps the manufacturing environment um, together. I touch all the different functions from engineering to quality to production um, and really drive the strategy um, to make sure that we continue to make money and make it efficiently. So yeah, kind of a long intro, but just want to get 
a good perspective of who I am, what I'm about, for sure. So I'm going to turn it all to you all as far as what is leadership? When I say that word leadership, what do you think of? I would say influence, yeah? Influence. influence. Yeah, influence. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah, I would say someone who gets to deliver results to others. Delivers results. I like that. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Uh, I would say it's the process of leading people, motivating them, and like being being an example as well. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Being an example, motivation. Good. A coach also comes to my mind. A coach, yeah. I like that. Ex explain that more as far as what you mean yes. by coach. So I, I believe that um, leadership actually comes with coaching and getting the best out of people mm. includes you coaching them, you know, to, to express themselves and get results through that. I like that. Like really digging deep into like people's innermost motivations. I know Marta talked about that and getting the most out of them when you understand them. Absolutely. That's good. Any other thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, leadership is one that leads and not just leads, but also raise up followers that will take over the leadership position from him. Mm. That's good. I like that. So not leading for the sake of getting all of the power, all of the accolades, so to speak, but leading in a sense that you want to empower others. That's good. No, these are really good answers. And I would say yeah. all, all of the, or oh, someone saying it's something. Like some issues there can you hear me share i can hear you now all right good yeah that i guess that was network yeah can you guys hear me yeah probably. yeah, yeah yes. we can hear you yeah we can hear you uh, now i hear you the presentation got frozen for oh okay but you can, yeah, you can, okay. you can go ahead yeah yeah sure okay hear you all right okay. perfect but I, I don't know how much you heard, but basically what I was saying is all, all the answers I think are, are spot on as far as motivation and influence, getting the best out of your people. I'm going to keep it simple. I already mentioned John Maxwell. He had a really good quote as far as leadership is influence, nothing more. And so when you think about it, all those things that you mentioned as far as the influence you have. You really have to start with influence before you can either motivate someone or figure out, like, uh, develop them for future positions or um, transitions, all of those things. And so what it looks like, the influence can take a variety of ways. So I mentioned a few of them on there, whether it's a parent and a child, that's an influence relationship. You have influence with your coworkers as well. You have influence with your friend, your boss. Um, even a lot of times, like with speakers, they have influence over the, the people listening, what they're saying as well. So I think just boiling it down to influence makes it not as intimidating because oftentimes with leadership, it can be this big thing that people aspire to that they say, I want to get a leadership position. I want to get a management position, which yes, it's good. You're getting promoted. You're getting more responsibility 
all of those things are great, but that doesn't mean that you can't have leadership where you currently are. So a lot of times when I talk with people, I spend a lot of time talking to college students and young professionals as well, is that they don't always see themselves as leaders because they don't have the position. They don't have, they don't seemingly have any influence, but when you look at it as influence in the sense of when you say things or when you're interacting with people, people turn their ear towards you and they're interested and want to know what you're trying to say. I think that puts in the best way. But any questions about that? But they're really great answers. Yeah. So I want to share a, a quick statistic I found from Forbes as far as like the Harvard Business, Harvard Business Review reveals that 58% or people say they trust strangers more than their own boss. I don't know if you can believe that. 58%. So I think this was this the study was more so based in the US, but 58% will trust a total stranger than someone who has the ability to either give them a promotion, fire them, make their day-to-day -day better. And for a global one, it says 79% of people who quit their jobs cite lack of appreciation for the reason for leaving. And then from careerbuilder.com, it shows a whopping 58% of managers said they didn't receive any management training. And we, we might get more into that if there's specific questions on that. But leadership is a specific skill. And I don't know how many people have come across this where a lot of times you maybe you're especially as engineers you're in an individual contributor role you're doing really good technical work and then you get promoted into a management type role and you're just, just expected to lead but you didn't get any specific training and so leadership is a skill and some people do it better than others but it's a skill that you have to continue to develop so some of the things as far as leadership we already talked about influence other things leadership is it's priorities, it's listening, and it's motivating. So what do I mean by that? I already uh, spent a lot of time talking about influence. If there's any other questions, let me know. But priorities is a key one as well. You might ask, what, what, what do you mean by that, Paul? Why priorities? Priorities as far as doing the right things. So it's been said that management does things right, but leaders do the right things things. So there's the whole thing. There's always different things that we're supposed to be doing either from our organization and a set way of doing things. And that might not always lend itself to what's best for the people. And so leaders have the right priorities as far as these are the right things that we should be doing instead of managers are just saying this is the right procedural stuff, but it doesn't always line up with what people need to do or want to do. So really key to have that distinction between am I doing things right as far as just am I following a procedure blindly or am I doing the right things as far as what's going to be good for the company and the individual long term? So that's really key to, to know. Other thing is leadership is listening. So I've heard it said like the whole process of, of leadership is you have to listen first, you learn second, and then you can lead. So we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. We need to be listening more than we are we're talking because it's it's a really easy to when someone is telling you a story or talk, talking about things that they want to have or stuff that is bothering them or stuff that they need to 
one of two things usually happens. Sometimes a third thing happens is either you, you tune off and you start thinking about other things, or they say something that sparks a thought as far as, okay, this is what they need. And you, you stop listening at that point. It's like, okay, this is what they need. These are the steps they should be, ta- they should be taking. But a lot of times, and I've seen this, I work with leaders on this as well, is that we need to practice active listening and really slowing down because we are able to process, I think, up to 300 words per minute as far as listening. People can only talk on the fast end, like maybe 100 words per minute. So that is oftentimes why people are talking to us. We start to think about other things and we're no longer listening to what they're saying. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L.org slash coaching, or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. And so it can lead us down a path that we think we know exactly what they need. And I don't know if this has happened to you. I know it's happened to me where it's like I mentioned, I need a, I, I lead a nonprofit that someone is talking about a situation that they need something and they're, they're going through all the stuff that they've done or stuff that they're trying to do. And then I, I have to catch myself. I stop listening. I'm like, okay, this is what you need to do. And then they'll they'll continue talking for maybe 10, 15 more seconds. And then I go ahead and I'm waiting for a moment to chime in, waiting for an opportunity to talk, that space in the conversation. And then I say something and then I can see a look on their face as far as like, uh, well, I said this, this doesn't really relate. And they don't always say it. Some people are more honest than others, but the summary is like, I wasn't listening. So listening is really key to leadership. Motivating, as far as I know, someone. Oh, I think uh, say you have your hand up. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask, how do you? Because you said you need to practice active listening. Yeah. So um, I wanted to check. Apart from the example you gave now, how do you actually do that? How, how do, do I you practice? Get to practice that? Yeah. How do I practice active listening? Yeah. So. Uh, a, a good way to start active listening is to pause before you're going to say something or when someone is uh, when someone is talking to you so i'm really intentional about that pause because i don't know either in, on the phone it happens all the time with video you can kind of see if someone's about to say something but there's times when people will be talking and then they pause cuz they're trying to get their train of thought and then they continue talking. And so if we get into the habit of, I'm thinking of what I want to say, and they they haven't finished their thoughts, there's that gap in maybe it's a half a second. It's not that long. It feels like long with the pod, but it's not really as long as if someone was just watching you. And so you can lose all of that context. And then to the other person, it, it shows them that you're not listening. So pausing is one of them. The other thing I like to do is anytime 
I either say something or someone gives either has an issue or a problem. I try to rephrase it into simpler terms, what they're trying to do or what is the issue, what they said. And so that gives me an opportunity to know how well I listen, because I would say I, I, I wouldn't say I'm the worst at listening. I would say I'm the best. I'm somewhere in the middle and I'm, I'm continually getting better because that's just life getting better. So when you are intentional about you're going to summarize, that forces you to, okay, this person is saying something. I need to pay attention because if I don't pay attention, I can't summarize. I'm not going to understand if I can even answer the question. I don't know if you anyone has been in a situation where you've asked a question and the answer doesn't answer your question because the person wasn't really listening to your answer and they didn't clarify either. So like even with this, like those are a couple of examples. And I'll ask you, say, like, is, is that what you're looking for as far as what to do to be more of an active listener? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, good question. Good question. Any other questions? Oh, good. The last one, and I would say these are in no particular order. And if they were in any order, I'd probably put uh, listening first because you need to listen a lot of times before you can lead effectively. But it's also motivating as far as empowering people and helping them do be the best version of themselves. So like, I like to say the most incredible version of yourself. That's everything that I, I try to do with what I do with the podcast or speaking or coaching is that I don't try to make someone like me because there's only one me. There's only one that person. I want that person to be the best version of themselves and you, to be motivating as far as empowering them to make positive change because we are humans. Like as long as we're alive, we're going to be flawed. There's going to be things we don't do well. There's always going to be something, something or someone that's better than us. And what we need to work on is, is how do I get better and being more of that um, servant leadership, humility, all those things. Uh, can we say that to lead, to effectively lead others, first, we need to learn how to lead ourselves. Yes. To that know, is... grow. Um Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You need to learn to lead yourself. That I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Marta, because how many times has someone asked you for advice or asked you about your opinion on something? And this is not just a question for Marta. This is for everyone. Has someone asked you a question and you give them advice and the advice that you gave them is not even something you're doing? Like, I'm not going to put anyone on the spot, but just think about that as far as you give someone advice that you know the right thing to do, but are you actively doing it? So that's the part of leading yourself. No, I, that's a great comment. Thanks for that. All right, any other questions as far as this whole idea of leadership, what it is? Okay. So I'll open it up a little bit. And I love the interaction so far. It's been good. So what stops you from pursuing leadership? Just open it up. Are there any fears or just open it up? Like what stops you from pursuing leadership, either in a for more formal sense or maybe in just in life in general? Are there any things that you feel like are holding you back? So I would say um, from a work perspective, 
maybe uh, I don't want to get involved in politics. There's mm. a lot of politics playing at the top. Okay. Uh, from perspective of um, historical bad leaders mm. uh, that has uh, raised a very bad followership, it will okay. be so difficult to make a change. Let me just remain an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. Also, from a technical perspective, I'm an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. I just want to continue to be a subject matter expert. I don't want to lead others. Whereas, in the real sense, either you are uh, um, formally a leader or not, you are a leader. Mm-hmm. But those things might hinder you from, you know, technically pursuing leadership. Yeah. No, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from as far as almost staying in your lane as far as being an individual contributor or not having mm-hmm. good leadership modeled either. Yes, that could be difficult. Yeah. That's good. Any other thoughts as far as what stops you from pursuing leadership? If I could add, maybe the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a that's a pretty big one fear of failure and we'll see if i can get into that because i have a whole talk i give on resilience and failure um we'll see if i have time to talk about that but that's a whole thing in itself as far as some strategies mm-hmm. that's a big one that's a, oh my, like they will have too much of responsibility and stress that may stop them from it but i think mm-hmm. it's linked to this fear of to the fear of failure actually yeah i can see that the responsibility and stress as far as you feel potentially could feel that all that stress or responsibility weighs down on you and you're not going to achieve as a leader yeah that's a good one and for me it was in the past but not anymore i was um I couldn't delegate tasks. Mm. So that that was a big issue for me. Man, yeah, delegation is is tough. It it, it can be very tough. And I think one reason why delegation can be tough is that you as a leader can do the task better than the people you're often delegating to. Not all the time. Um, depending on how you recruit your team, you have, might have some people that are specifically better in, in different areas. But depending on the maturity of your team, you can do it better, you can do it faster. And when you delegate and you're trying to empower them and build that competency, it actually slows things down at the beginning. But being a leader is really focused more on the long term and also allowing people to fail and not letting failure be something that holds you back. Because I mean, it's it's human nature. Because we don't want to look dumb in front of people. We don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. But failure is really the, not the only way we learn. But failure is the best way to learn if we take the time to learn from it. As uh, when we succeed, you don't always go go back and look. Okay, what did I do right? You just think, oh, I succeeded. It's everything's good. I can just do it again. But when you fail, you had the opportunity. Like, this didn't go well. I can evaluate it. This is what I need to do better in the future. So that's a good one. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, but for me, the reason was a reason was different. It was because in my childhood, I learned to do things on my own. I was okay. afraid of. I didn't want to ask anyone for help and mm. preferred 
on my own. But then I had to learn it when I noticed that I work, instead of working 40 hours per week, in the first month, I was working like 60 hours per oh, week. Oh, man. I was like, gosh, I really need to do something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. That's too much. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. That sometimes when you don't believe in yourself, mm -hmm. that could stop you from pursuing leadership. Yeah. Because you feel that if you, I mean, there's this thought about incapability mm -hmm. to even structure oneself. Now, how do you, you now get to help others structure their life if you mm -hmm. cannot take hold of your, you know, your life? Mm. by yourself so that that inability to believe in oneself and one's ability uh could could hinder an individual from pursuing leadership yeah definitely i know there's a, a term as far as imposter syndrome i think that goes along with what you're saying as far as you're not feeling like you measure up or you're feeling inadequate is yep. yeah for sure any other so, this imposter syndrome because i know in the beginning the researchers thought that it that only women has it but then it turned out yeah that like men also experience it but yeah. do you think that all the leaders like experience this syndrome that, that they don't don't feel they deserve their position or they are not good enough yes absolutely one yeah, absolutely. Um, it is is really prevalent. I know I've heard that as well early on in my career as far as imposter syndrome impacting women and also minorities uh, a little bit more. But was it last week or I don't remember what it was. I've heard it a few different times. But as most recently, I heard it on a podcast last week as someone describing why often they say women ex ex exhibit it more is that women are more likely to be vocal about it as far as expressing their feelings um I just from just from an anatomy standpoint between males and females males are not the most expressive um so a lot of times they might they might be both be feeling it because there's a study that they did when it was a blind study as far as just when how often they experience feelings of imposter syndrome, uh, the numbers were the same across male and female. But when people are doing it in person or they're, they, they're seeing um, there's that kind of stigma from the man, I, I want to be the man, I want to be seen as someone that's good and nothing's wrong with me. So it affects me, just to summarize, it affects men and women about the same, but women are more likely to voice it out than men are. And so that's also been something I've been more intentional about talking about it because the what keeps you in imposter syndrome is when you don't talk about it and no and other people can either help you or understand that it's you're not the only one doing it because imposter syndrome is isolation in itself. You feel like you're the only one feeling this way. Everyone else has everything together. There's no one else struggling or no one else has ever felt this way. I'm alone. All of this is, that is not true. I know it can happen. A lot of times it happens the most like whether when you 
like you just got a promotion or you're just starting a new job or in a new area. And so if you think about that, like if you if you had a friend, just think about it from a friend perspective, and they were just starting something new, like you wouldn't expect them to know everything about it because it's new. But on ourselves, we feel like, oh, they saw something in me. I need to achieve and do this stuff right away. I, and these other people are seemingly they're doing really well, but we don't know how they're feeling on the inside. So I feel like you're speaking from experience. Definitely. Because you describe what happened to me <laughs> yes. as well. Yes, definitely. That so I, I I'll be honest that imposter syndrome something it it comes and goes for me. I don't think there's ever maybe there's a way to get rid of it so to speak, but it kind of comes along with this whole fear of failure thing. Like you you don't want to fail, you don't want to look dumb, you don't want to look stupid, any of that stuff. So I tell people yeah, I'm Yeah, so it's good to remember that most of the fears are just in our heads and yes. then, you know, just Yes, it's often in your head and we go to the worst case scenario and it's rarely that. So I, I don't know if anyone's heard this before. Um, if it, you have, then it's a good reminder as far as what fears are. Um, there's a acrostic for it that the fears are false evidence appearing real. Because a lot of the times when we have fears, they are not the reality of what's actually going on. We, we we think worst case scenario, we think everyone's gonna laugh at us or people are gonna think about why did this person get this or this is not the right person for it. And the funny thing is, is that the people that have, I won't say this always happens, the people that have imposter syndrome are usually the right person for the job. And then the people who are overconfident and doing, they think they're doing really well and they get into a role like that, don't have imposter syndrome because they're overconfident. So it's like flipped. But no, good good discussion, good thoughts. Any other thoughts as far as what stops you from pursuing leadership? All right. So I have a few on here, but you you all really gave much better examples as far as first one is not a born leader. And so the funny thing about it is that leadership is some people do have more natural inclinations to leadership i'm not gonna lie but leadership is a, like i mentioned it's a skill that can be developed it can be learned and so people uh, i've heard it said that people think that well if i'm not a natural if i wasn't born a leader then i'm not gonna be a leader but the thing is that all leaders are if you're everyone that was born if you're born, you're a person that's, I'm going to restart. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just because you're not a natural born leader doesn't mean you can't become a leader. So I'll leave it at that. Um, title and seniority is not something that makes you a leader. We know people that are managers or they might have a leadership title, but do they have that influence as far as mm. as soon as people are walk away or maybe they're directed to do something and people will do the a very minimum of what they need to do and nothing less or nothing more. They're not going to do any more because that person is just a manager to tell them you need to do this, 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 either a micromanager or someone who takes the credit for their work. And so if someone's going to take your credit, the credit for your work, you're not likely to go above and beyond. 
Um, the other one, as far as work experience, that definitely work helps as far as having the experience and having the insight into things. But there's a lot of value in having diverse experiences that it might not be in the same area, but I think we've we've seen it with different collaborations or cross-functional stuff with different types of businesses. And so bringing those ideas um, is really valuable. And then not wait and waiting until you get in position to get on your leadership. So I would say if you're in a leadership position already, definitely work on your leadership. If you're not in a leadership position and you don't even think you want to be in a, posi- a leadership position, still work on your leadership. Like I mentioned, leadership is influence. And so even within your peers, within your group, within maybe people you're mentoring, all that stuff, leadership is critical. Everything. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Sorry for for that. Uh, um, One good way to like train, improve your leadership skills is even to even cooperate with some charities. Mm. Uh, Yeah join like yeah such organizations where you can like improve your skills for free yes that's very true volunteering is a, it's a great way yeah absolutely and that's what um actually um nasby so we got national society of black engineers will which is a, a student-led organization that's um emanated out of the United States. So we've got members here. So most, I think a couple of us, or if not all of us, are members of the National Society of Black Engineers, mm-hmm. where we can tend to volunteer and use our skills to, you know, ensure we have, um, you know, culturally diverse um ethnic minority people that are doing excellently in in school and of course in their jobs as well you know um they excel in their jobs so that's one of the ways so one of the essence of this training basically with paul is to see how well we can enhance possibly our existing leadership skills mm-hmm. or if we don't have any we can you know bring it we believe that everyone is is a leader, right? Mm-hmm. You could you could have that leadership potential inside of you that are latent, but mm-hmm. you don't know how to you know maximize it. In which, obviously, um, Paul is helping us to bring out, and I think fantastic point by Marta, saying yes, we could we could we could do this, and yeah, I mean we're happy to have you. Uh, I'm I'm currently in the UK, by the way, so I'm going to connect with you, Marta, and we could have uh, further conversations on that. That's good. I love that. Where, so, where in the UK? Sorry. I'm in Edinburgh. Just curious. Edinburgh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are That's you? Uh, I'm in England. Okay. In Derby. Cool. All right. So just going to just have a private chat just now. Yeah, no, definitely. That's connect. Definitely connect. So that's really good. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's almost like you you all have my slides as far as you know what I'm going to talk about next, because that's like a, a perfect transition into the first thing I have on there. You're just getting involved where you can. Um, so you guys are just we're on the same wavelength. So I like that uh, wherever you can. So whether that, that's volunteering in organizations like Nesby 
or it might not even be that formal. It, it might be somewhere you see a need, you see something that needs to be done and do it. Next thing is also... Sorry, I think there's a comment. Say, can we assume that leadership could also be professionally based? That is, your leadership depends on your specific role or profession. That's a question. Okay. Oh, I see it now. Professionally based. So it can be, it doesn't have to be. So leadership looks different in, in, in every area. Because I, I mentioned like, there's leadership in like the family sort of thing. There's leadership between friends, leadership and quote coworkers. I think there is a lot that goes into the professional side of leadership as far as really understanding the dynamics of your organization and uh, your either your immediate boss or even your, your boss's boss. Because at the end of the day, when you're in a professional environment, they the whole reason why you're there is to make money for the business. So however you're doing that, so I mentioned like what I do is on a continuous improvement side, whether that's leading training or gathering data, or if you're on the technical side as far as uh, coming up with solutions that are needed or solving different problems, or even if you're more on the, the admin side as far as making sure people have the resources that they need. I think for the professional side, what you have to understand is, okay, why is my business here or organization here? What are they for? How does my role help with that? And really as a leader, you start to think more long-term as far as the vision, as far as does my role need to be a little bit different? Because a leader, there can we there's like there's job descriptions that say some things, and most of them are not all they're never all encompassing on what you're supposed to be doing. But when you have a clear understanding, okay, this is where the business is going. This is how I tie into that. And you can come up with uh, innovative ideas or solutions that help the business. That's going to that's gonna help you long-term as far as maybe getting promoted within your role or come, getting larger responsibility. So I, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Uh, yes, yes. I just need that clarity so that yeah. I can understand how the leadership also plays here. Yeah, definitely. Good question. All right. I'm going to start to speed right. up a little bit because I have like, a, and I want to make sure I have the time for questions. There are a lot of great questions. Uh, I think you basically have probably read everything on the slide, but I can definitely recommend a lot of good books. Anything really by John C. Maxwell is a good book. If you are either early on in your leadership or you just want a book that's foundational that you can build on for leadership, I recommend the book Developing the Leader Within You 2.0 by John C. Maxwell. I can put it in the chat later, but Developing the Leader Within You 2.0, phenomenal book. I'm actually doing a mastermind on that book currently, so it's it's really good and it really goes from talking through what leadership is as far as influence all the way to how you can replicate leaders. So I will actually skip over this. I'll talk briefly about this, but I want to get to kind of um, the key takeaway. So this is the nonprofit as far as what I do with Nala STEM to unite support and build community among all historically excluded people in STEM. So at least within the United States, there's been opportunities as far as uh, people that are not, um, white or male as far as getting into STEM. So the organization that I help create as far as a nonprofit really focuses on helping people. So similar to Nesby, it's more focused on the research side. So a lot of the people within our community are 
more so people going for graduate degrees already have PhDs or postdoc degrees. And so it kind of started from a local organization that was funded by the National Science Foundation. And so they didn't have an alumni association. I had an opportunity to connect with some people at a higher level to lead it as alumni association. And now we've since expanded to help everyone that's just historically excluded, except for, and not just focus only on people who participated in this organization or already either already participated or are currently in it. But everything we do is for current undergrad students. So we have, as far as over 230 members across the continental United States and Puerto Rico, we started um, just like exactly three years ago now. And so the, the membership really exists to help with delivering workshops and conferences and mentorship. So it's really all about giving back. And then there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff we're working on for next year as far as providing more opportunities specifically for our members, as far as development opportunities, as far as um, different communities, or, and also what I'm going to be working on is um, it, for people who want to do more speaking, either in leadership or different things, doing training on that. And yeah, so I'm excited about what the future holds. So that was just a quick plug in for that. I want. I do want to get to this. I, I talked a little about this, but this really, um, this is the key takeaway I wanted to get to. As far as leadership is not just a position or its experience. Another quote by John Maxson: "The position doesn't make the leader, but the leader makes the position." So that's the whole idea. Besides, like I mentioned, just because you're a manager does not make you a leader. So I want to talk about the five levels of leadership. And you may or may not have heard this. Um, some people call it the five levels of influence. Same thing, because we said leadership is influence. But you start at the lowest level with each person and you work your way up, building on each level. So I'll go through these pretty quickly. And then if there's any questions, we can we can come back. But I just want to make sure you at least have all of them. But I'll skip over that. So the five levels of leadership are position, permission, results, reproduction, and pinnacle. So those are the five levels. So starting with the first one, level one is position. And that is what we t people often think about when they think of leadership. People follow you because they must. So this is when you have a leadership title or manager title. So the authority is based on the position. And I had I, I heard someone the other day at work because we have, and we all have opportunities as a leader, but this leader specifically had more opportunities as one of the people on the floor was saying, well, I respect their title, but I don't respect them as a person because they don't respect me. So that's really the level one. As far as you have the position, you have the, you have the power to either to hire people or fire people. But as far as anything beyond that, you don't really have it. Um, you, this is an opportunity to learn at this level because maybe you don't have the title or you just got the title. You can learn at this level. And oftentimes when people are at this level, they rely on their leader's influence. So you might hear, well, this person said that we're doing this or that person said we're doing this, but it's not coming from them. They don't want to take any ownership of anything. So that's level one. Level two is permission. People follow you because they want to follow you. So they need to know you that you care about them. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
Let's say that one more time. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So at this level, you're listening well. I already mentioned listening. You're observing well. You're serving well as well. You're building those strong relationships. I would say not in a relationship that you guys are best friends. I mean, if you can be, that's great. More power to you. But that does not mean that you're best friends, that you hang out outside of work. But it do does mean that you know them a little bit deeper than just surface that this is what you do for work. And I don't know anything else about you. I don't know what motivates you. If you have any kids, if you had any hobbies, any aspirations, nothing. So this goes a little bit further for level two. Level three is the results. People follow you because of what you've done for the organization. So as far as getting things done, and the way to summarize this is that a lot of times when people move from the position level to the they either go to relationship and they have a relationship or they go to the results level, but you need both. I don't know if you can think of people that have really good relationships with people, but when you want to get stuff done, they're not the ones you go to, or they have people that get stuff done, but they don't have good relationships. You need both. You definitely need both. Level four is reproduction. And this is really the last level that most people will get to. And you'll see why when I get to the, the final level, but people follow you because of what you've done for them. And this is at this level that you're reproducing leaders. So you're not just reproducing followers who are just either blindly following you or just doing as you say, but reproducing leaders who think for themselves. And everything compounds at this level. And the final level, I know I'm going fast, but if you have any questions, definitely write it down and we'll, we'll get to it, uh, is the pinnacle level. People follow you because of who you are and what you represent. So think of the people that really transcend really culture and time as far as you hear their names and you're like, this is a great leader, whether it's the Mother Teresa's of the world, the Dalai Lama, uh, uh, I guess for the U.S., the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So whether or not you are in that space, you recognize them as a leader, whereas at level four, really, you only recognize as a leader from the people that are around you. And so... I'll just open up for questions. Um, I, yeah, I'll open up for questions. I had like a few more things. I'm gonna skip. Ooh. yeah. Any questions? All right. So the the one thing I, I it was in the slides, but I skipped past it is that the five levels of leadership is critical. Five levels of influence. What you have to remember is that each of those levels are with individual people or individual organizations. So I've worked with people that they may talk about, okay, I, I've done all these great things. I They were reproducing leaders. People looked at them with a high amount of respect in this organization or this area. You move to another area. No one knows who you are. Or if they do know who you are, it's more so because someone else told them about what you've done. And yes, you kind of like can borrow that leadership. But when you are with different people or different areas, you basically are starting at level one all over again. So with different people, we're at different levels. And so if you take anything away from this talk, as far as I talk, a lot of different things of leadership is think about what level are you are at with different people in your life or in your professional life. So like if it's with a spouse or with friends, maybe you, you're, um, or even with your kids, it can be at sometimes it's just level one, as far as you're an authority over them, 
So they're going to do what you say. But is there that relationship being built? Are you actually accomplishing things? Are you empowering them as a leader as well? More about you, your career. Looking at your background earlier on, you studied chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. And looking at your experience, what you do, and, you know, this session, it seems like you've kind of switched or transitioned into, like, a um, coaching role, right? So I wanted to know at what point and what influenced that. And if someone in this um, hall or perhaps someone um, mentoring or myself wants to go that route, are there any quick tips, you know, advice you could give to us with respect to that? Thanks. Yeah, no, that's a great, great question to IOC. I would say the the switch probably happened. I don't know if it was, it was a complete switch because, like I said, I still work in manufacturing. I still do technical work. It's just my my job specifically is not only technical. Uh -huh. But there were definitely roots of it planted um, when I was in, in college as far as um, helping to start student organizations and gravitating towards leadership. And then I was intentional about seeking out leadership training, leadership communities. And then um, a few years ago when I got certified in leadership and the advice I would give is that if you feel that there are things that you can do either in your current work or outside of work in addition. So I would say, um, like I mentioned, that leadership is priorities. When you are trying to do more stuff on top of your work, I mean, it's still work. It's just work that you're more passionate about. There's going to mm -hmm. be things that you're going to have to stop doing as far yeah. as um, uh, either, I would say family is something I prioritize. But if there's other opportunities as far as maybe not uh, spending as much time watching TV or some other activities that are, I wouldn't say that they're not good because it's good to relax, but are not, they don't um, intentionally help your growth, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And, and thanks a lot. I think it's about passion and mm -hmm. developing the talent in you. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks yes, again. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you very much. Um, any other person with any question? There's a question in the chat. Okay, so there's a question in the chat. Says, How can we have a good leadership and at the same time pursue results we want with our team, especially if some don't have the same passion in achieving? Trying to see. Pursue results. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes, that that is a good question. That is... A tough question i'll be honest it is it's not easy when you are the only one or you feel like you're the only one that either it cares or is doing what needs to be done and if there's an opportunity which i i, I know there's not always opportunity to either talk to a manager or if you build relationships maybe people even above your manager as far as not to call anyone out, but just like the overall climate of how things you are, maybe it's stuff that you've noticed. Um, I would really phrase it as an open-ended question as far as how things are going and kind of see what they say, because that, that will tell you if they're tuned in to if the rest of the team is, is doing things, or maybe it's even the leader that's causing this. So 
one or two things. If it's like the rest of the team, you can go that route as far as talking to that, your team leader or potentially try and go above. You just have to be careful with that because you, you just have to be intentional about how you do that. The other part is that if it's a leader itself, I would be working on an exit strategy to either get transferred to a different team or a different job. Because the thing is that when you're a leader, you highly impact your team. And whether or not, I don't know your specific situation, if you're if the, the leader's the reason why this is happening, um, if you if you're close enough to her or him, you can try to have that conversation. But it just takes a lot of emotional intelligence and it, has, it takes a lot of you to choose your words wisely because it can it can backfire on you as well. But I would say if if there's someone you can talk to either within that team that feels that way or I mean, I would offer myself to if you want to have a conversation about it, you can reach out. But they're without knowing the specifics, there's a few different things that you may or may not want to do. I don't know if that helps. Thank you for that. Not sure. Uh, Talib, does that help? Ekram? Yeah, and, and I wanted to, to also add, you know, something that is also important about, you know, leadership is um, about having trust, uh, def, you know, deposits into the people that you lead mm -hmm. uh, for folks, people to be able to, you know, follow you as a leader. There must be some level of trust that they must have had in you. So you must consciously build that trust. And, uh, you know, something that Paul mentioned earlier on was actually about active listening. It starts from there, you know, are you listening just because they said listen or you're actually listening to, you know, to understand the person and, you know, once you build trust, I believe it's easier for you to lead and then you can draw from that in difficult times. Just, uh, you know, if you comment from me, then, then thanks. Yeah, no, that's very good. Trust is really the foundation of everything. It speeds things up when it's there. It slows things down when it's non-existent. Absolutely. Good question. Any other comment? Well, um, want to say thank you. B by the way, Billy, any any comment from you before we, we close this? Thank you so much, um, Senior. I, I'm I'm excited about it. And I, I really kind of like getting some insight more into what we do. You know, back in our days here uh in in west africa i mean once you are born as the first i mean child or something like that yeah. leadership starts starts on the, on the go what is levit how to be able to nurture you to be that specific leader that you can care for your brothers and then translate into our school system into our mm -hmm. church or uh, mosque or you know all these places we learn what leadership is but as time goes goes on, there are specific leadership roles that we play in terms of maybe your habits, maybe sports or any extracurricular activity, and then you translate also into work environment. So if we 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 better understand what the output of the the leader is in every level of life, we'll be able to be excellent our at our leadership. 
and roles that we play by building the specific skills to take care of our uh, system or environment. Thank you. That's really good. Wow. Thank you so much, Billy. And I'm sure um, we all have really gained a lot from this session. Mata, I'm sure it was a worthwhile time for you. Right? Uh, yes, it was. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Okay. And I had to ask Martha, obviously, because um, she, um, I mean, she's been a fantastic contributor on here today and she's uh, joining from the UK. Mm -hmm. And um, I, okay, okay, we got KLM here. All right. Um, Oga <coughs> KLM, I think we would like to have your parting notes if there's anything you want to add to what has been said. I know you're born, you're naturally born leader. I see you. Yes, sir. Uh, good evening, and um, let me say good afternoon, good day to everybody. I really want to appreciate you and every one of you. I'm sorry for coming late. Actually, I scheduled the program for 8 p.m. Nigerian time, but um, there are so many other unforeseen circumstances. I had to go somewhere, so this is the time I could join. So I met the, the lecturers. I want to appreciate um, Paul Farumbi. Um, you did well. From the little yes, I could, I could, I could, um, I could hear from. Uh, uh, leadership and personal traits. In fact, there was a time I delivered um, something like that. Um, I would love to be more associated with NSB. Um, Sheyi knows that uh, we started this thing in Nigeria and we were uh, we very versatile and doing well with um, NSB. I love it. I've awesome. attended the international conference that's mm. in Canada 2010 mm. and about three or four in the United States. So I love it, but um, because of some challenges, leadership challenges in Nigeria, because mm -hmm. I'm into my profession, engineering and um, mm -hmm. politics. So yeah. I've been very, very busy. But um, it's Shei, so I want to blame Shei for that, because I told him even my kind of my American visa that is expired is Shei that always helped me to do the renewal. He refused, and he has absconded. So because of that, I could not even travel, I could not do anything to the United States to even be more um, more involved in NSB, so maybe everybody will help me to beg Shei to come back <laughs> and come and assist me as usual. He has been a very wonderful brother. Even people who think we are blood brothers, he's been very, very wonderful, and that is part of the leadership trait I want. So I want to appreciate every one of you once again. This is good. So please, we we'll look more to days. So thank you so much, and have a wonderful time. All right, thank, thank you, you so sir. much, Caleb. We'll pick it up. We'll pick it up from where we left, and we'll get it sorted. <laughs> All right. I really personally want to thank everyone for making our time, and most especially, thank you so much, Paul. We really appreciate your time for sharing your skills, your experience, uh, most especially your talent with with a whole lot, a whole lot of us. I think yeah. this session will be the least in terms of the numbers attending, and subsequent sessions will be much larger than that. Okay. Thank you so much, Marta. I've connected with Ma oh, Marta thanks. as well. Um, oh. uh, Billy, Udo, KLM. Thank you so much for making our time and uh, look forward to more exciting times uh, of, of uh, collaboration together. Paul, any final word from you before we just call it a day? Uh, 
So the final word really is you are a leader. Start acting like one. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. Paul, can I thank you in Igbo? I know I'm yes, busy, but yes. I have to. Dalun Wokoma. Tachi Wow. That's good. Wow. That's, good. Wow. That's nice. wonderful. That's thank nice. You. All right. Thank you so thank much, you. everyone. Thank you, everyone. All right. Have a good evening. Take care. Yeah. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. 